0: Hello everybody, this is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. As we continue in the January blues, I do have an episode I did uh, several years ago about how January, of course, not shockingly, is one of the most difficult times of the year because... The most of the United States is dealing with the bitter cold. In fact, the bitterest cold you're going to have. We're still dealing with dark skies, sunsets pretty early in the afternoon, depending on what latitude you are. Uh, we know that this is a month of high alcohol consumption and high junk food eating. It's, it's also a month of stress. Uh, higher rates of domestic disputes and fights, uh, partly because maybe uh, stress from the holiday season, you overspend. There's just a lot of convergence, like astrology. There's just a lot of things lining up in January uh, for it to be a difficult month. So, of course, uh, the best thing to do is, is is fight this. Get vitamin D, get out in the sun, exercise, watch your diet, limit your alcohol, and try not to have dysfunctional relations with people. Either way, I want to talk about something that seems kind of contrary to January, which is sweating. It's funny because I think, especially down here in Texas in the summer, we're like God, I can't wait till the winter comes. It's so hot because here we can go literally ninety days over a hundred degrees where I live uh, between San Antonio and Austin. How it could just be the same every day and with no rain. I mean, it, it, and so we're like, God, I just can't wait till the winter gets here. And then when you're in the winter, you're like. Man, I kind of missed the hot weather. So when it comes to heat, saunas. I love saunas. I've talked about saunas here quite a bit. I have some articles written at naturopathicearth.com about saunas. I've been a big user of saunas, uh, I think, weekly, if not daily, since about 2015. Because prior to that, I don't believe I... I belonged to a gym, at least long-term, that had a sauna, or as, as many of you can relate to... Maybe you had a gym that had a sauna, but it was always broken. But I have been at a gym for the last nine years that has a working steam room and a dry sauna. And I can tell you, it's just its just absolutely amazing, uh, the benefits of it. I will tell you that people like at my gym, guys at my gym who frequent these things, they typically go to the, the, the steam room, and because why? The steam room gets you a faster sweat. But the dry sauna is healthier for you. The steam room uses heat to cause you to externally sweat through condensation. Uh, but on every on every objectable level, the dry sauna is better for you. The, the thing that the steam room is good for if you have like a respiratory problem, especially if it's a steam room that uh, has eucalyptus infused in it, that, that actually is quite good for you. Uh, but overall, the dry sauna is much better. So we're going to be gleaning uh, from USA Today, and look, there's tons of PubMed articles you can find on this. Can spending more time in the sauna save your life? Well, people think of saunas, they have a picture, a classic scene of a group socializing after a workout, and they envision the luxury of an upscale spa-like setting. Saunas are popular after an intense workout because the increased circulation from the intense heat reduces muscle soreness, improves, improves joint range of motion, and can ease pain. A study also demonstrated that regular use can preserve muscle mass. But did you know that frequent sauna use can also save your life? I did know this. History of the sauna. Most people think of Finland when it comes to saunas. In fact, the word sauna is Finnish for bathhouse. The word association is is also well-deserved, considering that there are more than 2 million saunas in Finland for a population of 5.5 million. That's amazing, and I would say, look, a lot of people. Uh, you could you could maybe call this the the Joe Rogan uh, effect, but a lot of people now are getting infrared saunas or some sort of traditional sauna put into their house because I think part of it is they know that the health benefits of it, and it just feels good. I was in uh, not that long ago in uh, Europe, and I went to Pompeii, the ruins of Pompeii, and. Also, I went to the ruins of Troy, which goes back to even earlier. I mean, the ruins of Troy, Troy one is 2500 BC. Anyways, they had the, the remnants and ruins of, of bathhouses. You know, it was very common in the Greek and ancient world to use bathhouses. And of course, they didn't necessarily have anything close to what the dry sauna we have today, but they understood the health effects, or at least the, the, the fact that it felt good to sweat. And I've even done a Turkish bath. A Turkish bath, I should just do a separate episode on what it was like to get a Turkish bath. But the Turkish bath, they use more of a steam setting, not necessarily a dry sauna setting. All right, let's look at the study. There's an off-site and ongoing study of more than 2,300 middle-aged men from eastern Finland who were tracked for an average of 20 years. And you can look this up. This is called the Kuopio Ischemic Heart Disease Risk Factor Study. Kuopio, it's K-U-O-P-I-O, Ischemic Heart Disease Risk Factor Study. Researchers found reduced risk of sudden cardiac death, fatal coronary heart disease, fatal cardiovascular disease, otherwise there is CVD, and all cause mortality in sauna users. Interestingly, the risk reduction was also dose-dependent. For example, for men who reported using the sauna four to seven times per week, the risk of fatal coronary heart disease was significantly lower when compared to men who used the sauna once a week. And perhaps most importantly, the risk of all-cause mortality was 40% lower among frequent sauna users. Now, this kind of talks about a study that I had done, and I did an episode on this years ago, probably in in 2005, where it was, in fact, 67% cut in all-cause mortality if you did dry saunas at least four times a week for 20 minutes and the heat had to be uh, around 120 degrees. So this study is kind of reaffirming that, but the number here is a little lower. It's saying here it's 40% cut in all-cause mortality instead of 70%. The studies find an association between frequent sauna use and reduction in mortality are often cited because the researchers adjusted them for potential biases and confounders like socioeconomic status, baseline physical activity, and cardiovascular fitness levels. Most importantly, access was not an issue for participants given how deeply sauna use is rooted in Finnish culture. So how does sitting in a sauna for 20 minutes multiple times a week achieve reductions in morbidity on par or exceeding that of prescription medications and other Western medicine and interventions? <laughs> I love how it's it's, it, it, it's on par exceeding that of prescription medication. Yeah I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Prescription medications are so efficacious when it comes to cutting cardiovascular disease. But either way. Sauna bathing at a temperature of 113 to 212 degrees Fahrenheit and a relative humidity of 10 to 30% mimics a physiological response similar to moderate to high intensity cardiovascular exercise like cycling, swimming, and running. I love I love how the temperature range is 113 to 212. Uh, that seems pretty hot. The high heat... It seems pretty large on the spectrum there. I've never been in a dry sauna that's been under 160. And 212, I mean, you are baking hot, 212. The high heat raises the surface temperature of the skin, and the heart rate can increase to 100 to 150 beats a minute. The meta-analysis of multiple studies identified possible pathways for how regular sauna bathing could reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease and mortality, including... And I'm sorry, I have a little cold. I got the sniffles here. Reduction in blood pressure. Improved function of the endothelium, which is the thin membrane lining inside of heart and blood vessels, and relaxed blood flow. Reduction in oxidative stress and inflammation. We know that's important. Free radical damage is bad. This is why a lot of people uh, will use something like turmeric or the antioxidant vitamins like vitamin A, C, and E. Or they'll drink a lot of tea, in particular green tea, because if it's, high levels of catechins and polyphenols, which are are anti-inflammatory. Also has a positive modulation of blood cholesterol levels, increased HDL and increased LDL. So HDL is a good cholesterol, LDL is a bad one. Positive impact on the autonomic nervous system. These benefits make sense because dysregulation of these pathways can lead to chronic diseases such as diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and other risk factors for coronary artery and cardiovascular disease should you spend more time in a sauna if you have access to a sauna and are considering incorporating into your routine first discuss it with your doctor remember using the sauna induces the same physiological response you would experience from an intense workout sauna use is not recommended for those who have a history of low blood pressure recent heart attack stroke individuals with altered or reduced sweat function Pregnant women should also reduce the sauna or stay away from them. Another word of caution. The average sauna bather can secrete half a kilo of sweat, about one pound. Hydrating is essential after the sauna. I'm going to talk about my personal sauna experience in a second. If you don't have access to a sauna, I highly recommend cycling heat and cold exposure as often as possible at home. Before bed, add two scoops of Epsom salt for a comfortably hot 20-minute bath, then rinse off with a five-minute cold shower. Set the bedroom temperature to 65 degrees to optimize cellular recovery overnight. That's actually a great idea. I mean, I do I do set my thermostat at 64 and I'm hot at 64. But I've never thought about doing Epsom salt bats, a hot ones, and then doing a, a cold five-minute shower. Five-minute shower cold is difficult. So let me tell you my experience with, with my dry sauna. So when you have your own dry sauna, of course, you can you can create your own environment. When you use a public sauna, I mean, I could do a separate episode on some of the weird stories I've done or had in in dry saunas. As a whole, if I go into the dry sauna and I have space to lie down and nobody else is in there, I can fall asleep in my 20 minutes. So to, to, to repeat, the studies are this. So the most efficacious way for you to use the dry sauna is you might want to write this down. The temperature needs to be at least 180 degrees you got to be doing it at least four times a week, and it's got to be for 20 minutes minimum. Okay, so 180, four times a week, 20 minutes minimum. So if I go in there alone, I can fall asleep. What drives me crazy is at my gym, there are signs at the door of things that you're not supposed to do, yet people still do them. And one of the ones that really annoys me, because I'm just an old boomer, because I just turned 50, but even though I'm a Gen Xer, I'm an old boomer in my mindset, is guys who go in there with headphones. They leave their phone outside. I mean, some will bring them inside, even though, you know, it's really bad for your phone, and after a few minutes, it'll tell you to take the phone outside because it's overheating. But they'll have their headphones on, and I can listen to their music, and they put it loud because dry saunters are quiet. So I'll tell them, you know, can you please lower your music? It's way too loud. Because, you know, some people go in there to relax, right? They want quiet. Then you come in there and there's some guy listening to rap music. Or I've had guys go in there with essential oils. And they'll they'll rub essential oils all over them while they're in the dry sauna. And A, I, I don't think it's smart to be applying essential oils neat to your skin at 200 degrees. And we have a separate feed here on essential oils that I do. I don't think that's smart. But more importantly, it's just inconsiderate. Because you know, essential oils are the most potent form of a flower or a plant. And they are strong. And if you are in a closet, essentially you're in a closet that's not ventilated, that is going to be exceedingly, exceedingly strong. And again, it's just inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate. So there are times while i'm in there i am sweating and and, you know it talks about how you should hydrate normally i use the dry sauna after i've done like a five a five mile run and so i'm already desiccated i'm already dried out i'm already dehydrated and then i'll go in there and lie in there for 20 minutes i'll do my prayers i'll say my rosary if nobody's in there i'll say it out loud or I'll, i'll doze off while saying it and um I should probably drink more water. And then when I leave, though, you know, some people have to leave early because their body's not really adjusted to it. When I leave the room, I always hold on to a hook outside because I do sometimes, because of the change of temperature and your blood pressure, sometimes I feel a little faint when I stand up, right, when I leave. So I kind of hold on to something. And then when I go take a shower, it's funny because my body is like a rotisserie chicken. It's so hot that I can put it on the coldest temperature in the shower, and it feels like tepid water that's how hot my body is but I love dry sauna I mean I complain about like how people are irresponsible in there they'll come in with sneakers even though there's a sign that says don't come in with sneakers Uh, despite all these things I do love the dry sauna and I would highly highly recommend that all you guys do a dry sauna if you guys do work out at gyms find a gym even if you have to drive farther that has a good dry sauna and if you're touring the place Ask them, you know, how often do you maintain your dry sauna? Because the worst thing you want to do is sign a deal with the gym and then it's broken six months in a row and you're not benefiting it. Guys, there's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation because I don't make any money off of this. And the other one is a link to the website which has hundreds of articles and recipes. It has those articles on dry saunas over there as well. And if you haven't done so already, rate and review because it helps with the algorithm to grow this feed. And lastly, check out my three other feeds, the Cinema Rag which is a podcast on movies that I moved about five months ago to YouTube. So if you want to see what I look like, go to the Cinemarang on YouTube and subscribe. But here also in the podcast world, I have confessions of an obese child and the female holistic health apothecary. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash earth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at MPE let food be thy medicine let nature be thy healing until next time